Hello, and welcome to The Worst Person in the Room, a podcast where I, Teresa Francesca, your host, ask people questions about how they got to know themselves and pry into their psyches and their lives and their histories as much as they will let me. Today I'm talking to Joe, and I think the tone's going to be extremely different than the first episode with Allison. This will be more depressing, but of course in the best way. And this is actually part one of a two-part episode because when we sat down to record it, we went for about two hours, ultimately. So this will just be part one and there'll be more to come. Let's get into it. Is it going? Maybe. Okay. It was one time, um, <laughs> my, my friend and I, um, his mom had baked cookies so we wanted cookies and milk because that's what you do, right? And she was like, have some cookies and milk. So we go to the fridge and there's no milk. So we look and we like, well, we have cookies. Heavy creams like milk, right? Yeah, totes. So we had cookies and heavy cream and like passed out half an hour later. We were 22. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, How are you like? <laughs> um... I'm Howard Hughes. Um, uh, I'm Joe. Uh, I um, am a writer, um, uh, poet, and um, really sad office worker who uh, did did one of the many dreams presented, I think, to this generation of catapulting himself all the way through higher education to a master's and that happened years five years ago now and is still not exactly sure what to do um i like uh guitar i can't stand the sound of my own voice so i'll probably not listen to this after and um that's not sure i will that'd be rude <laughs> i drink a lot of coffee yeah. um right. is that what's there now yeah, this, yes, it's coffee. Like, cup has a telephone on it. It does, I noticed. Yeah. It's old-fashioned, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I go into an accent. Because you are from a southern-ish place? That's not why I go into an accent. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, reflexive for you. Mm. Oh. I mean, my parents are from Pittsburgh. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I was raised in a house where people were, were uh, Appalachian. I don't know, going, I don't know. Oh, yeah, they, they were going down to the creek, but obviously not in North Carolina because oh. all the water or in the ocean. Uh, <laughs> Take that, North Carolina. <laughs> flooding. Oh, we had one of the hurricanes like flooded like three fourths of a um, a road in our neighborhood, and there was like the only nice house pretty much in our neighborhood that was like huge, like three or four stories. And why am I touching? I'm just touching the jacket. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and it just like got totally destroyed in the, the flood and so now there's nothing down there um except when they when people neighborhood children found like a box full of kittens and years later and brought it to my mom's store sweet free kittens they were so cute you told me about those kittens once i i talk about cats as much as i can i know two of them are dead now <laughs> unless one actually went missing and didn't get killed by the neighbor's dog but <laughs> Very stressful. Dog cost. Evil dog owner. Anyway. 
Is the dog owner evil or was the dog evil? I mean, I feel like I would put more blame on the dog owner. For not teaching the dog that cats aren't for, snacks? For being so shitty that, you know, he just, like, left his dog out and didn't... Yeah, I mean, I, I really do put more onus on the owner. Yeah, no, you yeah. should. That makes sense. I mean, like... It's just like it's like the same with people. Like they won't, the dog won't know not to eat the cat unless the owner went through the long, arduous process of teaching dog, cats are friends. Mm. This is um, it's like when uh, Rottweilers attack people. The Rottweilers are pit bulls. I'm pit bulls. It's like when the bad reputation. Yeah, but they're super (laughs) lovable. Yeah, it's because if you don't teach a pit bull, it'll just bite anything. But assuming you actually train and like educate your dog because you can do that because they're really smart um it will be super friendly and snuggle people as soon as it sees them i don't want that either i would like dogs to keep a polite but you friendly distance get pit bulls to do that too they're very versatile <laughs> i want they're like a swiss army knife <laughs> <laughs> I'm very prim wearing a high collar neck <laughs> i pictured the collar too <laughs> here's a little little staff the walking stick there's like an earl. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you just bring poles into the... <laughs> like gold with like the crown on top, like a scepter. You know, hmm. a pit bull, pit bull, pit... So a very fancy Victorian pit bull. Lord Pit Bullington. Not like a... Commoner. A pro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over a little overview or something. What are some major themes in your life? <laughs> major themes in my life? So that I can ask more specific uh... questions and... In addition to mine. Sadness. Well, that makes sense. Um, it's fairly common in this generation. Yeah, well, sorrow. Um, understanding it. Uh, bullying. Definitely. I call that a theme. Something I'm constantly seeing and trying to both cope with and um, handle. Hmm. I think you'd say those were different. Um, so bullying both of other people, like in your sight and and experiencing yourself. it, mm-hmm. yeah, and um and like just just as a thing in general, like mm-hmm. trying to understand like did I bully that person when I was younger? How did I do that? And yeah. why did I treat them that way? And um, free will would be a lot. Would be the third one, I think. I think I think you could really. I think you could, I think I could really start talking about like religion and freedom of choice and um what what it means to be a good person and like good versus evil morality philosophy ethics but i think it just boils down to free will i think the third theme i'd pick would be free will free will mm-hmm. okay so you like bullying free will and i've already forgotten the middle sadness, <laughs> sadness. that was the first one oh, was the first one yeah oh of course i just take that as a given I, sorrow <laughs> I, I try to think of it as sorrow because i think of it as sadness people are like yeah. be happy yeah. and if i think of it out loud as depression people are like i'm depressed my show was canceled so it's like try to think of it as sorrow mm. and it goes in like it's not just for me too it's not just because i feel sad like i see people yeah. suffering and then i feel sorrow so well how was your experience of sorrow when you were uh, a child child person mm intense um i was actually thinking about this the other day um i remember believe it or not i was a really awkward kid um 
Precocious? Yeah, I would use the word precocious, um, which I think is kind of a, a self-serving way to describe yourself. Mm. But I was um, actively getting picked on in second grade for reading The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, so I would use the word precocious. <laughs> um, and grokking them and understanding them. So I remember... That's hitting the table. This, um, <laughs> so I remember this one time when I was like in first grade, I think. Um, yeah, first grade. Uh I had, like, no friends. I had one friend who I had made in preschool. Didn't see him anymore. I had one friend who I had in kindergarten. He had moved or was going to move, or we were in different classes. So there's one kid I think is really cool. So I finally work up the nerve, and I'm like, Mom, what's my phone number? So I get that from her, and then I go over to him, and I'm like, slam on the table. And I'm like, you should call me. So <laughs> and he just, like, takes it and looks at it, and he, like, looks up, and I'm already, like, waddling away. Um, so we, uh, he does, and I'm kind of like, I have a friend. So he actually, he actually lives like, he actually lived like off my road on one of the side roads. Like it was, it was weird. He lived literally like the equivalent of two city blocks away, walking distance. So the first time I went over, go in, it's awkward. Um, and this is kind of like, I was thinking about this because I was thinking about like what, makes me feel alienated from people the other day. Um, sometimes I feel very alienated, and sometimes I just go wallow in it, and other times I actually try to figure out why. Um, and this came up in my brain because I was actually considering that I felt alienated because when I when this happened, I remember going over and thinking, I'm going to have a friend now. We're going to talk about books, and we're going to talk about all the weird things happening on the news, and then we'll go have a business and like we'll go have a business? Yes. Like it's like and we're going to go do things and travel places. It's going to be fun. Aww. So so this kind of weird sense of like not kicking the ball around but going and doing adult things. Um so we go, he shows me his toys, they're neat, we hang out, it's kind of weird. Mm. I remember a lot of sitting and not saying anything, if that makes sense. I mean. And then Something I don't even remember what the tr- I don't I did not even get to see what he did, um, but I remember very clearly his mom yelling at him about something to go do with I think it was at the table I don't remember what happened that he got yelled at, and then he's like, "Mummy," and then she's like, "I will spank you in front of your little friend right now if you don't," and I was just kind of sitting there and I remember kind of like tucking myself into the corner like like against the wall just in the background. Yeah, and, what the um, fuck do you do? <laughs> well, <laughs> no I'm like, kid. I'm six, but yeah. I also remember thinking, like, nobody who actually is supposed to love you is guaranteed to actually love you. Well, yeah. And I remember thinking that, and I remember thinking, like, I f- he's going to be, like, this is not going to be okay, and I remember thinking, like, is this how people treat each other? Because I spent a lot, a lot of my life trying to figure out w- how people treat each other why they treat each other that way and if they should treat each other that way. And that was one of my first major like encounters with you're not going to be loved. You'll find love and you'll make love and you'll have love, but you're not going to be loved. Not like, not in the way that a a six year old understands love, which is kind of, 
fucked up because I think every six-year-old understands love the same way. How how do they understand it? Mom. Like, oh. in, assuming they haven't oh, been, like... Give me my favorite cup. I want to be with mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, assuming they haven't been, like, already abused horribly, which is a thing that happens. Mm. Um, I think I think most kids who have a safe, secure home are on some level exposed to it at a very early age. Like, this is warm and I like it and I care about this person and they care about me. But at some point that goes away. Mm. At some point that's not true. And for a lot of kids, I think that might have never been true. Mm-hmm. But at least they think, at least they have like this illusion that it will be. It's like when you see um, a dog pulling a duck out of the river because the duck can't fly and is oh, drowning. Yeah. Like, you know, like you have, those, <laughs> you have all those videos now of people take... And they have worked their way on the internet of wild feral animals or house pets helping each other and like saving each other from wreckage. You you can find these online. You can go look at um the one of the cat like hanging out with the um chup uh, cup, cupabar, cupabari cupabari <laughs> no you know cupabari cup, cup, cupabari Capybara? Yeah, Capybara. You can look uh, at the, all those animals hanging out with Capybara. You can look at it, how they bond. Um, and I don't think that's new, but I think kids have a similar like response mechanism without necessarily being... Like, kids can also be awful because they have no um, moral code conditioning or like training so it's just a lot of mine 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 but that can swing really fast to why are you cutting down the tree it's alive too which is 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 kind of a i think really at odds with the way society expects people to behave and treats people um which i guess is kind of what i'm trying to like roundaboutly get at like i think what i mean when i say people have Kids have a like like a more like an innate understanding of love that goes away. It's that they have this innate understanding of like they'll, they'll sure they can be awful, but they can also flip immediately to um, you have to help this person or this person is my friend or I don't know like why is she crying and they actually want to go help and you know eventually at some point people just walk walk past the guy on the street mm-hmm. and I don't know if kids ever really do that. There's a point in time where a child's taught to walk past the homeless guy. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Okay. You can cut out everything else. <laughs> Just edit that down to that point. This is this is the problem with philosophy. It's not that it is it takes mental forever. masturbation. Yeah, and it's not that like it's pointless because it is not mental masturbation. It's really important to understand where everything came from and how you think and why people think. And it's... Um, it's not pointless because ethics and like understanding of the world and what people's senses are and how they know things is also very important. It just takes so freaking long to get there. It just <laughs> rambles on and makes its point. Oh, yeah. Childhood, yeah. Um, mm. Yes, me. How? Oh, um, sad. Oh no! The first time I tried to kill myself, I was like eight. That's um, not good. Yeah, I um, tried to suffocate myself with a pillow. It worked, no matter what anybody tells you. And my body, yeah, I like. I like left. Okay. Yeah, and then I um, I don't really want to talk about this the space in between, but then I like, kick yeah. back and I start breathing okay. again. Um, 
I did that a few more times, but I never quite actively died. It didn't really act. I wouldn't even say actively died because when you're a six year old and you just stop breathing for a while, um, it's kind of weird to, uh, to like people won't believe you, but um, it never got that far again. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Just general feelings of sadness, ever present, haunting me, mm. hanging over my shoulder, like mistletoe. That's that's fun. It's dark. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just being a very. I remember being a really sad child, and even at the time, being like, "I, this, you know, it's not. I shouldn't be like this." Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, because I'm like I'm not being abused. I just I'm like nothing's nothing's wrong that would make people make it make it make sense to other people why like a child under ten would feel that way. Feel yeah, <laughs> I just would feel disconnected <laughs> i think i think part of it is being far enough away from that age now that like i think you forget the small triggers that made you sad but i think the actual sadness was real and i don't think like it can be explained away by like you lost your favorite toy like that's dumb i remember one night my um my friend angela was over and we were looking at this book of um this like giant book of animals, lots of pictures and like little blurbs about them. And I really wanted to show her one picture in particular. I don't remember what this is anymore. A warthog probably. <laughs> and we were like flipping through this book one page at a time. And I was trying to find it because I knew vaguely where it was, but I just, I just couldn't find it. And then it was time for her to go home. And so she, she left and went, she only lived like across the street and another house down. So she left and like, you know, I watched her leave and then I went back to my corner with the giant animal book and I turned the next page and it was the page I wanted to show her. And then she moved away and I didn't see her again for three years. That's so sad. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's so sad. That does remind me of um something kind of similar. I had this different friend before the story I just told. I told earlier, um, who we were like really close. We hang out all the time. Same thing. We were just kids. So we just play with toys. It didn't, didn't matter, right? Um, doing whatever kids do. Always really fun to go over. Like ask every day. Like, can I go see Mike? Can I go hang out with Mike? Um, he moved away. I want to say he moved to New Hampshire, but I might have been Connecticut. I saw him once when we, after the fact, um, and then s- like the like a year later I saw him, and then a year later I think my mom actively went out of the way because you don't expect a f- eight year old to um, be like, can Mike come to my birthday party? Um, when you haven't, like, when Mike has not been around for five, for, like, since you were five, right? Oh. Um, so I think she went out of my way to invite him, and he came down, bought me a Game Boy game, and then played the Game Boy game the whole party. Jesus! And I remember thinking, like, this is what people are going to be like, isn't it? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> All right, go get your bread. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so it's... <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry. It's just you take a time out to get the bread out of the oven and sit back down and immediately start laughing. Um, yeah, I have the Game Boy game still. It was a Jurassic Park Game Boy game. He sat quietly until we until I opened presents, and I have always felt super awkward around on my birthdays. Like ever since I was a kid, people were like, "Come and give you a thing," and you'd open it, and you'd, and most kids are like either "Yay!" or "I don't want this." I don't know how to react to presents. Ever. Yeah, well, <laughs> since since I since I was cognitive, I've been like, "Oh." Material goods. Thank you for this offering. <laughs> like I don't. Is this directly useful? And if it's not, I'll have no reaction, or I'll just. I've I've started really encouraging people to like just give money to like the ACLU or something. I don't want the thing. Um, or pay my bills. Yeah. Or <laughs> buy me food. Give me grocery money. That's fine. Um, but it's just. Yeah. So I remember, and then we opened them. He took it, I think offhandedly asked, can I, can I try it? And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, you bought it for me, so that's kind of weird. Oh, there you go. You're playing. What he and bought a, he, he, oh, his family got a present for you for him. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, like, he he played it for the rest of the party. It was so weird. It was so weird. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, I would go over, and I would, like, hey, man, you want to, like, hang out or do something? We have a part. We have, like, a game over there in Twister. And he's like, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just like would walk back to the party and just feel weird. I do not remember anyone else who went to that party. I do not remember any of the other kids who went. I don't even. Yeah. Like there's faceless. This is kind of the thing too. And kind of earlier, I don't know if this is going to make the final cut. Although all the weird stuff we started with. But um, when I said like I spent a lot of time like trying to understand how people function, how they react the way they do and what different how people what what their reactions mean and what their um body language and facial language oh, means. Yeah. yeah. Um part of why I did this is because very clearly in my mind everyone except at, at that party except for my parents and that kid are just faceless blobs. <laughs> like there's nobody and at the time, I remember thinking, like, they're nobody, which is kind of a maybe a little sociopathic to say, but, like, not in, like, a negative way. It's just, like... They're not going to ping on your radar. Yeah, they were just ghosts. Yeah. They were just people ghosts, yeah. and I didn't see them. And I don't know how true that is for other people. I am sure... I mean, you see a lot of... If you live in a big city and you walk down the street, you see more people than your brain can actively... Yeah. Um, categorize ever um in a day but uh still like th that was just a very ephemeral dreamlike moment that a memory that I, that I that was that way from the beginning childhood is hard although all 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 really stages of life seemed really hard i mean it's kind of <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> they are. I mean... A generalization that means nothing. <laughs> one thing I've been... Well, one thing I've actually been trying to grapple with recently, too, is that the media and... The media. The media. Um, the myth that you are taught. Because in modern society, you are not necessarily taught myths about gods, goddesses, and divinities. You're taught myths about life. And if you start looking at a way of life or a event in your life or a 
um, objective or how your life will be if you take the things you're told about those things and realize that those are depersonified gods, those are the myth in your life. So one of the myths we're taught is that you will have a childhood. It will be fun. You will play a lot. You will go to school. You will excel in study. You will get straight at. You will get good grades. You will then go to a good college or a state school, do good. Then you will maybe go to higher education, and then you will get a job. You will work for 40 years. You will retire, and you will have a hobby then and be able to be creative in your old age, and then you will oh. die. That is a myth. None of that has ever been true. And there are people who are, quote-unquote, living that myth. It is better, I think, to live out your crazy, anxious, what-am-I-doing-with-my-life-in-the-20-to-30 range than when you're 50. Midlife crisis should be avoided. <laughs> um so yeah, I've been like I've been thinking about that like too. Like every stage of life is hard. Every stage of life is a lie. At no point is a kid not capable of feeling actual emotions. In fact, your brain and your emotions aren't even settled yet, so they're just kind of going all over the place. Um teenagers, which is tangentially is just a age group made up by the bourgeoisie in the 1800s to separate them from the lower classes more. They don't have to go get a job. They're a teenager. They're going to go travel the countryside. Um, what a great thing for a teenager to do. <laughs> um, no, tangentially, if you ever look at history, like ancient history, and you think, why are people acting like teenagers? They were. <laughs> Life expectancy is 40. You start doing things at like 14. Um, yeah, but... Uh, at, Teenagers have the ability, like the mental capacity, especially if taught and educated, to make cold decisions like who to vote for or advanced business decisions, like as early as 16. But hot decisions like um, what to do in a car accident and like in, in like a passion moment, they're really bad at those. So... Even even the perception of what makes a teenager is just a myth that people are fed. And then this is like I think one of the biggest disconnects that's happening today is that – I mean there's all those memes that are like, oh, what you're supposed to do is party, but we're all at home watching Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Like, that sounds great. It's yeah, fine. That sounds, you, 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 <laughs> that's the new normal. You're supposed to do exactly Was what you – Was it ever not that except for like the technology? <laughs> Should it harm none, do us thy will, shall be the whole of the law. Um, and like, yeah, I guess I – guess, Yeah, life is hard. And then you <laughs> graduate high school or college and you're like, get a job. What job? How? Yeah. <laughs> try harder. What do you mean try harder? I uh, um it's just a myth. It just does it's not real. It's never been real. Oh, one of the biggest disconnects is that um this gener like you have all these arguments about how millennials are terrible and destroying stuff. <laughs> they are not. They have not bought into your myth. Much like, much like so many baby boomers did not buy into the war myth, or the religion myth, or like just they just they chose not to buy into that lie. 
or illusion, you could say. I guess if you wanted to be less awful, which I do. <laughs> yeah, I try. Yeah, I do want to be less awful. I do, truly. How are you going about that? Well, um, when I was younger, I would just apologize to people and then keep going on. As I've grown older, um, and after I got, um, finally, like, five years ago-ish, I went to a a psychologist finally, and I got actual diagnoses, um, which helped. Um, And then I started to kind of – so now now what I'm trying to do is just work out every day, go outside and get some sun and walk around and see other things that are also alive every day. Um, that's important. Um, Living things. What are they? Yeah. You don't have to go to the gym. You do have to go participate. You don't have to participate by being a by like getting a job you hate or um, living a life you don't want to live. Yeah, you, you participate just, by like engaging yourself with the outside world at all in some way. You have plenty of time to not engage when you are dead. <laughs> My favorite. Um, I've been noticing how... Um, what what my impulse control problems my impulse control my lack i don't have any impulse control <laughs> i don't mean that like oh i'm so impulsive i just can't stop eating cake i mean like i actively don't have any impulse control if i have an idea and it seems like a good idea which it probably will because it occurred to me suddenly at random i'm going to pursue it really fast and really hard because <laughs> it's a good idea um it's just like an assertion of that idea it just becomes paramount so noticing how a lot of the things i've said to people or ways i've treated people have come from an earnest place but also have been blurted out i don't even want to use the word blurted just like put into the world before they were done Ready. yeah and this is so like recognizing that kind of impulse impulsivity and what that means and what that means for stuff i've said and ways i've acted um i don't believe in like being able to like i don't okay if i was going to like really boil this down you can't give me impulse control you can't give someone who is bipolar a normal brain i'm not bipolar but you can't like you can't you can't build that for them yet maybe in the future (laughs) but you can give them tools to better themselves so trying to like control that and and direct it in a way that is less vitriolic because I don't even try to be vitriolic, but I know I've hurt people just by having just by having the thought become real without realizing how it would like affect them. Is there an example? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> no, there's actually there's actually one that really stands out to me um, because she never treated me like a friend again, mm-hmm. um, and I thought she was the. Qu- uh, let me tell you the story. Okay, so. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge nerd, and I like to play D&D. So um, I had some friends in college, and this goes into a whole other like, level of like why the relationship I had in college was really abusive, and why college was the best time, was awesome and also very sad for me, 
Anyway, I had friends in college. This was a huge deal to me. And um, I was over at their dorm. And we were going to play a specific type of role-playing game that they had never played before. And I loved. Um, it's called Wraith. It actively saved my life. Um, I won't wax about how great it is right now unless you <laughs> ask me. But it's really cool. Anyway, we sit down to make characters to play a game about ghosts. You are the ghost story. Sorry. Um, and... I keep hitting the table um, <laughs> to play a game about ghosts. And there's this one person who wasn't going to play, but was hanging out. And like, she lives there too in their dorm. So it's fine. Right. And she's our friend and she's played with us before. So we all really like her, but we keep moving rooms down and I keep like getting up and having us hop over. And she's like, and then eventually midst like, like the process she asks us, like, why do you guys keep moving? And I, I just say to get away from you, right? And <laughs> then she, like, looks crestfallen. She that. leaves the room. Or I think she, I, I think she leaves the room. Um, everyone else looks kind of awkward. We finish. We play briefly. The game falls apart. I, I will never know if it's because I said that or not. Um, what I said was, I don't like you. What I meant was... I'm really antisocial and uncomfortable pursuing this hobby in front of people who aren't also actively pursuing it with me because I've been bullied a lot and I've seen people bullied a lot and I've been bullied by people in this hobby. Hmm. So I'm just un super uncomfortable having people witness this part of it. Uh, it's just, it's just, it makes it hard for me to concentrate. It makes me feel awkward. And I just, uh, I don't know how to keep like playing the game. I love these games. I like, when there's other people who aren't playing around and tangentially I've since gotten better at that. But, um, so not to be rude to you cause you live here too, but, um, do you think it would be okay if I asked you if you if, like, where would be a good space for us to do this that I won't feel pressured by your presence and you won't feel like I'm intruding into your home. That's what I meant. What I said was you suck. <laughs> you so, so there's a lot of, op like there's a lot of, <laughs> Uh, I, I I would say probably one a month. I don't think I make one mistake like that a month. I just think they've slowly tapered out, and the sheer volume of ones I made when I was younger balances out for it. <laughs> I think I have enough things Averages like out to a period. <laughs> I think if I have enough, I think if I, I think I have enough that if I live to be seventy, I will probably have one a month. <laughs> overall Exciting. maybe two yeah <laughs> so. yeah that's that's probably the best example i could think of um there are obviously others but like mm -hmm. just and like i hurt her feelings so bad and she still won't I, I don't know how to apologize to someone for that i don't know how to be like hey i know we, we were never close again and this is why i think we were never close again and this is what i meant and this is what happened and this is what i said and i'm sorry and like i'm getting better and i'm less awkward about it now but um, you should know that I have, like, as bad ADHD as you can have and, like, really bad depression and anxiety now, too. It manifests as OCD, so I didn't mean anything by it. And I assume her response will be, I was, like, 19 and you were, like, 20. This was, like, 10 years ago. Who are you? <laughs> like, Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, yeah, that shit sticks in our brains and... 
never goes away. It's like, it feels stupid to be like, hey, this thing I said a million years ago, I would like to course correct a little bit. <laughs> and I'm just like, who cares? I don't I, know. Well, this is kind of funny too. Like I, I have gone out of my way before. When I get like really sad, but I manage to manage it, I can act, I actively start to like try to patch up things from my past. Like I have actually gone out of my way to talk to a prom date. And an old friend, and um, someone who I almost dated, and these are three different people. And like, I actually have gone out of my way to get a hold of them, usually on Facebook, and say, "Hey, thing, sorry, you were great, or I had fun at prom. I didn't want you to think I didn't. I know we barely talked after. Um, I think it's just because we were both awkward, like stuff like that. And I haven't had anybody be like, "Fuck you, buddy," yet. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, let's move on to some, some vaguer questions. Yeah, be, be, be more vague with me. Alright. Um, I, I always feel compelled to answer a question in such a way that it's like been finalized, but these are already... Yeah. These, like, your questions are never final. Mm-hmm. These are just a sampling of somebody. When do you feel like the worst person in a space? In a space? Like a room? Yeah. Oh, wow! <laughs> I see <laughs> what you did! <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people say that. Um, <laughs> You're like prompt, prompt. <laughs> like a time, like a like a time in my life, I felt like the worst person, or like moments, moments, just moments. Okay, there's this one time I ruined someone's birthday party. Oh, by coming in to their birthday party, I was invited. <laughs> I showed up late, um, and they were like, "There's food," and I was like, "Has everybody eaten?" And they were like, "Yes." So oh. I ate all the food. Okay, everyone else had already eaten, so you ate all the remaining food? Yes, because I had an impulse and I was very hungry and I wasn't eating well that semester in college when I went to a friend's birthday party and ruined it by eating all of his food. I feel like I've heard This is not a small amount of food a by the of the story before. Yeah, this story <laughs> sticks with me like I left the chips. I don't really like potato chips usually. Yeah, I like just dress? destroyed a plate of pizza rolls <laughs> and like those microwave churros and like, ugh. and then someone gets up with like, where'd all the food go? And like, that's when I realized like, I am awful. No one wanted seconds. I, it's I like, it's all. like, it's like the social, it's oh like, God. it's like when you fart at a f- gathering of loved ones, and it's awful. And I mean, that should be the most accepting place. For yeah, and it's, it <laughs> smells terrible, and it's just the worst thing that's come out of your body. And everyone's like, "Who did that?" And then you don't say anything. That, that, that was the social equivalent without the smell. Um, I just felt because someone was, "Who ate all the food?" And I just sat there and didn't say anything because for somehow nobody saw me do it. And then the rest, then that rest of the night was weird too. Like the guy whose party it was was a stranger, like not strange to me. He's just a weirdo. So he farted on me and like walked over, put his butt on me, farted, and said, "I own you now." So then we wrestled. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just a weird night. And I left. Who won? Who won the wrestling? It was a draw. Okay. So nobody, nobody got pinned, and we just started, like, rolling around the floor, and, like, nobody knew what was happening. And I just, ugh. And, like, I went home. I got into my bed by myself, and I was like, man, why do I do things 
that I recognize aren't necessarily, I don't want to say good. I don't want to say okay. I don't want to say like bad. Why do I do things that I don't want to do? I guess that's what I was going to say. Why, why Why do I just have an idea and do it? And why do I not see the nuance between like have some food and everyone's eating, eat all the food. <laughs> I don't know if you know this and I don't know if most people can tell this by looking at me, but I can put away a, like a, a traumatic amount of food on my own. Um, mm-hmm. given, given free reign. You have referred to yourself as bottomless. I have, Yes. I have, uh, yes. I can eat two pizzas if you give me enough space. Like psychological space. Yeah, no, I don't. If you if you're watching me do it, my my stomach shrinks. But like, the more conceptual I become at the dinner table, the more food I can. Right, um, so you just need to be surrounded by at least images of faces. Yes, like a, yes, yeah. like little little, like a little holes. Of heads. Yeah. Right. Um, there was another one I was thinking of too. There was like also when I was terrible. I'm trying to remember it. It like fled my it fled my mind when we were talking about the um the time I ate all the food because <laughs> it's like it's a great story too like one time I ruined a birthday party by eating all the food I was twenty <laughs> it's not it's not you're it's not I'm an awkwardly overweight ten year old who ate ten year old amounts of food it's I'm a twenty year old in pretty okay shape who ate ten people's worth of food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have, okay, I remember the other one. I was in grad school. Star Trek, original Star Trek was Ahura, right? Ahura? Ahura. Ahura, okay. I hope so. Yeah, I believe so. So, this is going around the room at a workshop for writing. Um, master's program, adults. I was one of the youngest people there. Most people were 30 to 40 or 50. The professor's going around and we're saying everybody's name. She points to them because we're a small school. We get to a hula. Everyone says a hula except for one person who says a hura from Star Trek. <laughs> and she says, Professor, who said that? And like looks around and I'm like. Do you this... include the from Star Trek? No. <laughs> okay. No. But. <laughs> like. Like, clearly not a name, one letter off, like, doesn't want to be called that. And I said, I said a hula, and no, I said a hura, and everyone stops and looks around trying to figure out who did it, and nobody knows it was me. And I just sit there, I don't say anything, because I have two, I have three options. I can sit there quietly and not fess up, and after a really awkward moment of this professor she's looking around the room with a look that could like gut you um she like i love seeing a um part of the reason i love women right women 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 female lady writers so much (laughs) um is that um i have yet to meet one who cannot go from zero to badass in like a half a second so she looks like this. So she's going around the room. This is like warm, loving, like, hey, everyone's here. Say our names. And then like Gollum made a fire. <laughs> like, I'm not saying anything. So I can either be quiet. I can say um, I said it and get reamed out and destroyed, possibly thrown out of the workshop. 
Or I can say, um, I said it, but I have trouble focusing on things. And there's like a car driving by outside and like the two people next to me are breathing really loudly (laughs) and like the building is settling and I can hear the tour group outside and like, you know, I, I, I can't really understand names. Like when someone tells me their name, I have to like repeat it to myself a few times, um, especially if it's in a loud setting or otherwise it's just that person with the face. (laughs) Um, So you, you have a physical form. I very quickly run through the options in my brain and reduce them to do nothing, die (laughs) or try to defend myself. Um, Not thinking anybody's going to care about why I said that, why that happened. I go with option one and just sit there feeling terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm trying to understand, like, why would would you have really gotten reamed out for it? Earlier, like, right just, before the workshop or okay. earlier that day, I Those remember, um, yeah, um, the professor and Ahula were talking and... Um, about how everyone says so like like my name's not the star trek name it's a hula and like oh, it had actively gosh. come up so like what a great way to trap the wrong name in your head yeah it was perfect it was perfect <laughs> and That's like exactly what would happen not everybody had been exposed to that conversation when they got to the workshop because mm-hmm. there were like 25 people there okay. like it was big so like i think five people had been exposed to it and i don't even know if they knew i was there when, when they were having that conversation like i assume that's how i dodged the bullet <laughs> like it was just incredible incredible <laughs> screw-ups in history um and yeah like and little things like that have happened to me a lot in my life and it's kind of i don't know being diagnosed with adhd and being told like yeah, this is both real. If people tell you it doesn't exist, they're wrong. And you have it very severely. <laughs> were like a huge weight taken off my shoulder. Mm. Like enormous. So like but like I, I wasn't diagnosed when this happened. And I just remember being like, oh shit, it happened again. <laughs> I would go into college classes. I would sit down, open my notebook, and I would say to myself, today is not going to happen. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to get notes, and then the class would be over. I'd be like, what happened? Mm. How'd I get here? <laughs> Why am I here? Oh. Get, getting through college with the grades I got through college with, I like to say is why I can make me feel secure in my intelligence because it sure wasn't my ability to like be good in class. <laughs> Thus ends part one of this episode. If you want to hear Joe talk more outside of this podcast, you can look up his own podcast called Let's Watch That Instead, where he and his co-host read the crappy blurbs on Netflix and create pitches for TV shows or movies that that blurb would actually match, unlike what the blurb is attached to. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Teresa Francesca, and I have been the worst person in this room, but I didn't eat all the food.